This is the Soulfully Casual Podcast hosted by Matty Ice. And now, your host, Matty Ice. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Soulfully Casual Podcast hosted by Matty Ice. That's me. And we're brought to you by Matty Ice Media, and I hope everybody's having a great day. Monday's episode got a little deep. I talked about rules. I talked about the impetus for these rules and kind of get into a little bit of the Olympic drama as it relates to Shikari Richardson. I hope that listening to that was not off-putting. I hope that it was thought-provoking, which is kind of what I go for in episodes like that. And to me, when I think about how it relates to my personal life, I think it's uber important to think about these things and go a little bit below the surface as it relates to the things that are around us. And that actually leads to something fun this time. So last Wednesday, I aired an episode that Mike stopped by the studio and we talked about Loki. Loki is the show that recently just ended. I have to admit, as I'm recording this, uh, the show has seen its series finale or its season finale as it relates to the show. Uh, most people are talking about it. I have to say, full disclosure, I've not seen it yet. I've only actually seen up until episode three, and that's just because my life got very, very busy. Uh, after Mike stopped by, we went and visited my folks. I took a little bit of a break from the show to recharge, to relax a little bit. And when I was thinking about how I wanted to go forward with the show and how I wanted to go forward with the content that I wanted to put out, I thought I would love to have Mike back here, but honestly, there's just so many logistical challenges that make it difficult to have that happen on a weekly basis. So while normally he and I would chop up the episode that was or chop up the show as it as it relates to the Marvel stuff, I wanted to dive into it myself because I think that there is a lot that we can get into in small snippets that could translate to a larger discussion whenever I can get Mike back. So if you've seen Loki uh, and you've seen it until the end, you obviously know more than I do. So kudos to you. I will get there eventually. Uh, I'm always a little bit behind as it relates to these shows just because I generally tend to have a queue. I generally tend to watch them in batches because that's just the way that my time is divvied up. Uh, between all the podcasts that I'm doing here, uh, being a dad, working full time, sometimes you just don't have the time to get to what you want to. I mean, there's so much out there that you can get into as far as content. Obviously, you are lending your ear to this show, which means you are dedicating the 20 to 25 minutes of your week three times a week to this show, and I appreciate that. But then imagine all the other content. There's sports out there. If you're into sports, there's movies, there's TV shows. Like We are just inundated and saturated with content that it's difficult to find time to get to all of it, I'll be honest. Uh, I have a queue that is so long, and I have prioritized Loki and Marvel shows basically because I want to make them fodder for content for this show. So episode one of Loki, I thought was very, very good. I thought it level set a lot of things. It reintroduced us to the idea of Loki and it dove a little bit below the surface of what Loki was looking to get to as far as his objectives. The thing about Marvel is there's always an objective for all of these characters. WandaVision, there was an objective to deal with her grief and keep Vision alive. That's why she created the field in the town that she did. Falcon and Winter Soldier, right? There's an objective for each of these characters. Bucky wants to get to some semblance of peace. Uh, Falcon wants to get to, you know, dealing with the idea that Steve Rogers is no longer Captain America and that Captain America needs a new representative, right? And so each of these things has an objective. Loki's objective has always been chaos. He is the god of mischief and he has wanted to rule, but also rule through chaos. Like that's how he gets to his objectives. The means to his ends are to create chaos. And so in the first episode, he comes upon the TVA, which basically thrives on the direct antithesis of what his life is about. They see order 
and keeping the timeline sacred as their main objective. And keeping the timeline sacred means eradicating variants, and Loki, in and of himself, even without all this timeline stuff that they talk about, is a variant in life. He's trying to cause chaos. He's trying to deviate from every semblance of normalcy, every semblance of a timeline that Marvel has had to offer, and he did that throughout the entirety of the MCU, and now that we are seeing a recreation of Loki in a way, we're seeing that again. But he has sort of met his match here, as he has pulled from his current timeline in which he is trying to steal the Tesseract. He finds out the Tesseract means nothing, because in Episode 1, he finds out that the Infinity Stones exist at the TVA as paperweights. They are nothing. The objective of what he is looking to do is completely lost. He sees his death on screen, he sees everything that is in front of him, and kind of has to come to grips with the fact that his fate is mostly set as it relates to the TVA. There's not much of a variation that he can find. They decide to keep him alive when the TVA in and of itself has always decided to eradicate these variants. And it's a question that you can ask about deviations from our certain normalcies and timelines, right? For the longest time here in the United States, we have always seen a deviation from what we have known as the quote-unquote norm to be bad. So along the timeline, white people have seen black people as bad because they deviate from what they look like. Uh, now we're getting into transgender, right? Homophobia, things of this nature. They, they've sort of stray from the timelines that we have always known. They stray from the norms that we have always known. And what we are failing to do is sort of remember that these variations have always existed. It's just a matter of our processing of them. So the TVA is, in my mind, very similar to the way we, right, the, the, the dominant uh, or the, the norm uh, have always looked, and I put norm, norm in quotes, have always looked at the way that life is. And we don't deal with change very well. Humans in general just do not deal with change very well. And so the TVA is sort of the embodiment of that because they see a deviation from this timeline that they are doing everything in their power. And there's things I think that we don't know about the TVA and how they go about their business. I kind of see the TVA very much like the FBI here in that I understand that the FBI is for my own benefit for the most part, right? Like we know that the FBI is going after the most hardened criminals, the worst offenders, uh, and they are really like the last ditch effort as it relates to crime here in the United States, at least. Uh, but we also know that there's a lot of things that happen behind closed doors that we will never be privy to. There's a reason why top secret as far as information exists. There's means that they use that we don't necessarily know about because in a lot of ways, when you are talking about keeping public safety, when you're keeping talking about keeping, say, a timeline safe, there's means to an end that aren't necessarily always on the up and up. And that's why I see the TV and the FBI very similar. Obviously, in their visual makeups, you have an office, you have detectives, you have, right, like beat cops, so to speak, or the ones that are going out there and basically, you know, breaking down doors, making these things happen, doing the dirty work for the agency as it relates to it. And each of these agencies has an objective, and an, it's an objective that they are married to, that are sort of... Um, you know created from different places the timeline has the timekeepers which feel that their way is the right way whereas the fbi is looking at how we have created justice and law and order within the confines of this country from the founding fathers now uh, all the way down until now but it's interesting um the timekeepers in this particular show are seen very very much like religious figures 
I almost see them as Id idols, right? And we see that in, in organized religion, idolatry is generally a bad thing when you are worshiping a God that is not your God. And there's a lot of sort of religious undertones to the TVA that I think, uh, you know, may or may not, you know, be out there for you, depending on how you feel about organized religion. I'm somebody who can be somewhat sensitive to that because I have spent most of my life as a part of organized religion, but as an adult have decided that it's not for me. So when I see these sort of blind references to faith, when I see these blind references to, well, this is the way we have to go with it, I generally make some type of a religious connection because I find that there is a sect of people who are so deeply ingrained in their religion that that way is the only way. The TVA is kind of like that. The, t the timekeepers are their god, and you will only worship this god and no others, right? And the timekeepers have said that the timeline we have created is the timeline that you stick to. It's not too unlike, uh, you know, thinking about that your fate is set, that God, and I'm talking about our God with a capital G, has known your fate the entire time. You have free will to do certain things within it, but for the most part, everything that you are going to do in your life and how you are going to lose your life is predetermined. I don't personally believe that. And I think I'm more akin to Loki in this, in, in this instance where it's like, just because you tell me that this is what it's going to be, doesn't mean that that's the way that it has to be. So I'm kind of making some connections there. And I find Loki um, sort of, you know, needing to process a lot of things. He is coming into this and we are still very, very close to the beginning of this as opposed to the end. And the way Marvel structures their shows is I think there's something like six hours of content uh, or so, right? Six and six, five and a half, something like that. And you're getting it in snippets. You're not getting it in one large consumption. You're getting it on a weekly basis. So in the first episode, Loki had a lot to process. He obviously gets taken to the TVA and all of a sudden he has, you know, what, what's going on here? There's all these rules. There's all this red tape. I need to now sign off on things that I said that I didn't even remember I said. Um, and there's a lot of parallels that you could make to our real life here. There's some commentary there that I think is uh, subtle, but yet not subtle at the same time. So... Um, you know, there's, there's sort of a lot going on for him. You know, Mobius and Loki are, uh, directly going after different things, right? Mobius is a variant of the TVA in some way. He's a variant that's sort of allowed to exist because he himself doesn't necessarily fit the perfect mold of what the TVA is looking to do. Yes, he is, his objective is to fix the timeline and make sure that the timekeeper's objective of the timeline or the timekeeper's idea of the timeline is held sacred, that nothing is going to stop them from achieving that goal. That part, I think, is true. I think where he varies a little bit from what you would normally see there, like, so, you know, the people that he has, that he takes with him, the time, you know, keepers, whatever they're called, uh, I can't remember all the names, there's so many different labels that I can't necessarily keep track of. But one of the things that you notice is that there are people that are for the mission, only the mission, and that's it. And he generally tends to have some sort of, uh, you know, backlash with them. He doesn't t entirely get along with them because in his mind, there are multiple ways to get to the end objective. The funny part about that, though, is that he is now employing, because Loki is now all of a sudden a employed member of the TVA. They give him a jacket, they give him sort of a title, they give him a desk, and he has actual work to do. It very much reminds me of that movie, uh, I think it's called like You Can't Catch Me, or Catch Me If You Can, excuse me, Catch Me If You Can, 
Tom Hanks, Leonardo DiCaprio, which is one of Leo's better movies from his earlier days. Obviously, Tom Hanks is always good. But once they catch Leonardo DiCaprio's character, Frank Abagnale, which is based off a true story, he was, you know, per perpetrating check fraud, essentially, for years and years and years, uh, writing checks that he couldn't cash, getting the money, right? Identity theft, things that we see now as common, but weren't common back then. And the FBI had a huge problem in handling it. When they finally caught him, they employed him to help catch other people doing it because he had more knowledge and was the best that they'd ever seen at this particular crime. So they employed him, right? They had him come work for them. And he was able to catch countless, countless, countless criminals that came after him, copycats, so to speak, people who tried to emulate what he had done, but weren't nearly as good at it as he was. And I see it kind of in this way because we find out that the variant that the TVA is trying to catch is a, another Loki. And that first begs the question of, okay, it's another Loki. What does that mean, right? Are there different types of Lokis that are out there, right? If you know that from an Infinity War and from Endgame, there are multiple timelines. The Avengers themselves deviate from what is known as the right timeline to essentially try to fix what Thanos had done already. They tried to go back in time to bring everybody back. What we learned in episode one was that this was a okay, an okay or an acceptable deviation from the timeline. That was supposed to happen. The Avengers and what they did was supposed to happen. What Loki wants to do is not supposed to happen. And so you find out all of these things are happening. Loki's trying to process all of this. He's trying to process his death. He's trying to process the fact that his objective of getting to chaos and ruling everything really doesn't matter, right? Like owning the Infinity Stones when all of a sudden you find out that your fate is sealed, that the timekeepers and the TBA are actually going to come in and prevent you from doing anything that isn't supposed to happen, which he finds out is everything that he wanted. His entire life's work is all of a sudden now devalued because, hey, that's not actually supposed to happen. I, Loki, am not actually meant to, you know, rule the world, so to speak. And I just think it's interesting because we're seeing so much of a depth to Loki's character, but yet he can't help himself. He's also trying to find uh, you know, this other Loki, because in his mind, his ego, which is something that Loki has always had. Loki is a narcissist in many ways, right? I think you can see that. Look at Ragnarok when Thor goes back and Loki has essentially become his dad, right? He's become Odin. He sent Odin off to some facility somewhere before, right before Odin dies. And it's all about him. He creates a play about himself. He creates a play to make himself look good. He wants to be worshipped. So Loki in and of itself is a narcissist. So now he finds out that there is another Loki doing business in a way that is almost better than he can. Because Loki can't seem to get out of the TVA. He's tried a few different things and found himself right back to where he was. Even though he felt like he got the upper hand, he couldn't quite make it. So now there's this variant Loki that's doing his job better than he ever could. And it really bothers him. Any narcissist hates it when somebody else does something better or when somebody else has something better. I've experienced this in my personal life with certain family members who are undiagnosed narcissists. When you yourself are successful, they try to find some way to bring you back to earth. They try to find something to bring you down because they, as a narcissist, don't actually believe in themselves. Loki's in this position too. Loki's doubting himself all across the board now. Because if you think about it, Loki's existence within the MCU thus far, if you take Iron Man all the way up until where we are now in Loki, it's failure. 
he has failed to meet his objectives the way that he wanted to. In the first Avengers, when he had the Tesseract, right, and he was able to take over some of the Avengers' minds, he still wasn't able to get there. They're able to find some way to foil him. He's not been able to take over Odin's crown. He's not been able to get rid of his brother, right? And he loves his brother. And that's the thing is he, his conflict inside is very much an emotional conflict that is rooted to things that he loves. When he sees that Ragnarok took place, right? And that Asgard was destroyed. He feels something there. He feels it. Thinking about his brother, Thor, dying he feels that like he's felt an emotional connection even though throughout his entirety he's found out that a lot of what he knew was his life wasn't particularly true in that he was not a born as guardian he was born of the night elves right like there's so many things about him that are intriguing and now he's trying to process all of this while also trying to catch this variant that is making him look bad so he finally 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 right gets to a point where he gets to meet this loki and we find out that this loki is a woman a female loki which is uh, you know begs a lot of questions and i thought the end scene was actually very powerful in the store where this loki got the best of everybody including loki himself becoming other people beating the crap out of loki but loki knows how to talk to another loki and what he finds out is that this female loki is a different cut of the mold she's a little bit different than he is she's one step ahead of where he is and now you can tell that he's intrigued by this and he runs away with her into the, you know, the, the time gap or whatever, because we find out so many things about where the Loki is hiding, how to find the Loki. And I just think it was really, really interesting. Um, you know, just a couple of things too, to, uh, to talk about the look of the show still feels very much like a, it's a very men in black vibe. And that's, I say that because men in black had very much like an odd couple gig going on with Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones's character being the direct opposites. We kind of see that a little bit with Mobius and Loki. They are kind of an odd couple pairing. Uh, Mobius is trying to get to the end result. He's a little bit different than most of the people that work at the TVA. But Loki is kind of like that messy roommate, uh, you know, who's trying to mess things up. He's not quite uh, your your favorite person, but he's very brilliant, kind of like a Sherlock Holmesy type. And Mobius is kind of like Watson a little bit. So I find that dynamic to be really funny because they play off each other very well. I was really worried about Owen Wilson's casting until I've seen him now in two episodes and it's very obvious that he's able to play a more straight role but they needed that tinge of sarcasm and wit from him which is what you get out of a lot of his characters and so I find that to be very very cool and very very intriguing um again a commentary on the religious stuff you know you see how much of a purpose it gives to the people at the TVA they feel that there is something behind them that validates their existence and validates their life but you also find out that the tva wasn't always there right that the tva uh you know that wasn't always there like it wasn't just created and so you find yourself asking a lot of questions about where this show is headed what types of messages are they trying to tell us i think they're obviously trying to tell us something in having a female loki because we have always known these characters to be one-dimensional they are who they are. Loki is a man. The god of mischief is a man. But have we made that assumption in organized religion too, that God is a man? God is always referred to as he, right? Him. There's always a, a male pronoun that is associated. Do we know that, right? When you ask yourself, is Loki a man? Why does Loki have to be a man? If there's infinite timelines and infinite iterations of Loki, 
it would stand that there would be tons of different other types of Lokis too. So having just a female Loki would be the obvious other, but there has to be other iterations to it as well. So I think that's something to look into as we go forward. Are they trying to tell us something about identity? Are they trying to tell us about, hey, you've always believed this, but perhaps it's always been different and you just never realized it. And I've always said this about some of the uh, quote unquote non-normal things that we are learning about now, right? Well, we've always thought, well, there's a man and a woman. And biologically, as it relates to chromosomes, that is true. But have there always been variations of that that we've not necessarily heard about or known about? And now we're starting to learn about them, starting to learn to accept them. And you wonder if Loki's kind of making that push. And obviously, if you watched all the way up until the end, you know more than I do. But I do think it's worth asking because, you know, we're having to come to some truths in our lives now as Americans and as just human humans. Humanity is constantly changing. Humanity is constantly evolving. If you look at the first human beings who had to fight for survival on an earth that they didn't even know was vast. Uh, think about where we are now. We have information at our fingertips. We're constantly learning, constantly saturated with knowledge and news. And what does that mean? I think the Marvel series in general have always done a great job of giving you something to think about but also not being so preachy and in your face about it because I think there is a large portion of the population that is open to new ideas and is open to thinking about new concepts, but they don't want you to tell them to think about it. It needs to be something that's natural and organic. And I think the way that they present these concepts to you, WandaVision was about grief. It was about what lengths will you go to in the face of grief? What is actual grief, right? And how does that manifest itself? What does it mean to be an actual hero or a good person? And what does it mean that when you're a good person, but you do some things that maybe aren't that great because you are missing somebody or you want to gain something back that you have lost as far as a loved one is concerned. Falcon and Winter Soldier made you think a lot about race, specifically in the United States. I think about that scene with Falcon and Bucky outside in Baltimore. They're talking to each other, raised voices. The police show up and question Sam. They don't question Bucky. And we see that and hear about that all too often in this country, but it's not in your face about it. It's not saying, hey, here's racism. It's giving you something that has happened probably every day for generations. And yet there's a lot of people who don't understand that it's that easy for it to happen. And it happened right under your nose. And now here we are with Loki, right? What does it mean that there's a female Loki? Are there norms or truths that we've not recognize that are here that we need to question that we need to think about and i think it's always safe to do that in our lives we should be questioning things around us at all times not to the point that we don't believe anything but to the point that whatever it is that we have believed up until this particular second can always at least be questioned and can always be talked about right there can always be a dialogue and so i really liked episode two uh, i'm sorry mike wasn't here to talk about it but i give it a solid b plus you know we're we're heading down this path where there's a lot of marvel content and you do run the risk of being saturated. But as of right now, they're doing a great job of presenting this new concept that's very much like a cop dramedy, so to speak. And I'm really here for it. So I look forward to episode three and uh, I hope to enjoy the rest of it as we go along. So I appreciate everybody's time on this Wednesday, this hump day, which is traditionally when they've released new episodes of Loki. And from what I understand, they're going to be releasing episodes of Marvel shows on Wednesday going forward because they had such a huge, huge response to it. So before you leave here, if you could subscribe to the show, whatever platform it is that you listen to these podcasts on, it's greatly appreciated. And if you can, please leave a review. It means the world that allows us to grow and it allows me to kind of 
understand what content works and what doesn't. So even if it's a review that has a few critiques in it, I'm always looking for that because I'm always looking to make the show better. If you want to chat and have a dialogue, hit me up on Instagram, Soulfully Casual Podcast. And you can also find Matty Ice on Facebook as well, as I'm putting myself out there in terms of the CEO of Matty Ice Media, the podcaster, and just the human being. So look for me there. I love the interaction and I look forward to it. I hope everybody has a great rest of their day and I will talk to you on Friday. Peace. Soulfully Casual is exclusively owned by Matty Ice and is brought to you by Matty Ice Media.